Welcome to another episode of Mother's War on Violence, your podcast. You're listening to 89.9 FM radio with WCBU, our sponsor. Thank you. And I'll be your host. My name is Yolanda Wallace. And today uh, I've been looking at the July 27, 2020 Prison Policy Initiative article. And it under it was underlining the racial disparity in policing, arrests, and incarceration. It affects more than just adults. It affects kids as well. Within those incarcerations, there are three, within those being arrested and being incarcerated, um, wrongfully incarcerated, there are 3,284,000 to, or either 3,310 people that are exaggerated, exonerated since 1989, according to the National Registry. And today, I have in our studio uh, a young man who who was wrongfully accused and has been exonerated. And his name is Mr. Roosevelt Miles. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Yolanda, for having me on the show. Sure. Uh, we're going to start by you uh, telling me what happened to you and what your story was. Go ahead. Mm. I can tell you in short terms because if I tell you the, the entire thing, it takes a while. But in uh, 1992, I was leaving a friend's house on the west side of Chicago. I heard shots fired coming out of his friend's house. And so I went back upstairs, knocked at the door, and said, did you hear that? My friend said, yes. So I left out and I saw some old friends sitting in the car. I told him I was going to a pool tournament around the corner, and that's where I'd be at. So as I got to the corner and got to the uh, the place I was shooting pool at, I decided I didn't have no cigarettes. So I, uh, so I said, well, let me walk back. This is my neighborhood, and I've been in this neighborhood mm-hmm. for for 24 years. This is my neighborhood. So I said, well, let me go to the uh, submarine place to get some uh, cigarettes. As I was going, I met up with a, a brother and a sister, and we walked. And as I crossed the street, the police bum-rushed me and took me over to a car and asked witnesses, was this me? Hmm. Was I the offender? Now, I never knew that somebody had died. I didn't know none of that. Okay. And they said, no, it wasn't me. And I gave police my information, they let me go. So, back in my neighborhood, doing what I do, 21 mm-hmm. days later, police in my neighborhood and looking for me. Mm-hmm. And when they came on the block, I didn't run. Mm-hmm. I walked to the police car and asked me who was Rosa Miles. I said, that's me. Right. And they threw me in the police car. And that's the last time I saw my freedom for 28 years. The shooting happened two blocks from where I was at. Okay. So, and that they made this witness testify and said it was me, hmm. knowing that it wasn't me. And who was they? Uh, the Chicago police. Okay. Uh, the state's attorney. State's attorney, okay. And the judge, because he had mm-hmm. the power to say yay or nay. 
It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a trifecta effects when it, a person has been uh, put in prison for a crime he didn't do. Right. It start with the police, then it goes to the state's attorney's office, then it goes to the judge. The judge has the power to say, no, it's not him. Mm -hmm. No, this is not right. He's supposed to be the mediator of law. Yeah, he wasn't. He allowed the state's attorney and the police to concoct a story, uh, coerce a witness to testify and say it was me. But why did they think it was you if you were just minding your own business in your neighborhood? That question is still in the air. Because nobody know why. Was it the reason that, okay, they pulled me over, they stopped me that night, and okay, get him, he get, they got a name, and let's make him uh, put this case on them. Uh, they beat me for at least seven hours with a phone book and a, a flashlight. Oh, to make a statement on myself, but I wouldn't, because I hadn't did anything, so I had no reason to say, okay, I done this, and when I didn't, I didn't even know the, the facts of everything. Actually, I didn't never see the picture of the body until 2018. Imagine, this happened in 92. Right. So I never saw a picture. I, for that long, I was in prison for a crime I, I, or a face I didn't even know nothing about. So they beat me, and so when I, I, I wouldn't, he came three times to beat me. First time he beat me, second time I told him, I, okay, I'll I tell you what you want to know. So he sent in the state's attorney. Well, the state's attorney, she came in and she asked me, well, you want to make a statement? No, I said, no, ma'am, I just want to stop the beating. So right. I'm letting her know I'm being beaten, help me, mm -hmm. help me. And what she did, she went back out there and told me, he came back in and started to beat me some more. Oh, my. So I didn't have a chance. Uh, what made him say it was me? I, we don't have a clue. I, I ran did you look? Did you look like somebody they knew, or they? The witnesses knew me. Mm -hmm. That's the bad part about it. They know me. <laughs> it was my neighborhood, and they told the police, "No, it's not him. It's not him." But 21 days later, when it went into these homicide detectives' hands, they forced this witness to say it was me. They went by this young girl. She was 15. Went by the house six okay. times to make her say it was me. And. Little did they know that they was putting me in prison for a crime I didn't do, but little did they know that I was an educated person. And uh, and so with that said, I, I never gave up on believing my innocence, knowing that mm -hmm. I got to fight now. Uh, so I went to trial, uh, all white jury, mm -hmm. one black lady, all white jury, mm -hmm. found guilty of first degree murder with attempt armed robbery. No what was the attempt to arm robbery? Because the witness said that as the victim came out, I was supposed to be up under a porch at 2 something in the morning. Mm -hmm. Soon he, the victim and the, uh, both victims came out of the house, and soon they stepped on the soil. I said, This is a stick up. He raised his hand, and I was supposed to shot him and didn't touch the other person. That well, don't even sound right. It, it doesn't. And then then I, I see it's it's been all over the media, the papers, different. I think uh, we've even covered in WCBU before. Um, there, It says that 20 th 26 years later, the woman finally admits that she lied. Yes. Yes. Convicted a man of a murder in Chicago. Yep. She uh, called my attorneys, which is, her name is Jennifer Bonjean, but out of New York, she called my attorney mm -hmm. to tell my attorney that no, it wasn't me. What and brought this on? Did she? She said this. This had almost turned her into an alcoholic. 
it was eating her conscious away. And mm -hmm. she tried to warn everybody in the neighborhood that it wasn't me. Tell the police it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. But she had received death threats as well. Okay, okay. So, you know, it took a lot for her to even say this. But more than that, it took a lot for her to come to my hearing Mm -hmm. uh, December the 5th of 2022, mm. you know, knowing that her life is at stake and it, and, right. and it wasn't the victim's family, more or less it was the police. Because the guy that I'm chasing, uh, this detective named Anthony Wojcik, mm. and I'm not going to let him get away with what he done to me. Uh, and this was the same detective that signed off on the Laquan McDonald's shooting. Okay, okay. This the lieutenant at that time. He was a detective when he uh, put the case on me. He was a lieutenant on the Quan McDonald case. He, he the one that spilled coffee on the original report and threw it away and rewrote it. And that's in Chicago. That's in Chicago. Now, I hope the police ain't doing none of that here. I've not well, heard you know, any cases you got like good, that. You got good cops and you got bad mm -hmm. cops. Yeah, you know? everywhere, right. That's everywhere, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, and they always talking about, well, you know, they're just one in a barrel. It's not the, it's, it's, no, no. It's the barrel that's tainted. It's not the it's the barrel when you jump in What do you mean there, by that? I mean this: the whole system is tainted. Yeah. So once you get become a police, you can go or you don't have to go, and the system is tainted so bad because right now, I got a letter from the uh, Department of Justice thanking me for my help in the investigation into the Chicago police. So that was the, at the same time they were doing a constant decree on them. Mm. Now my lawyer that worked on my case now, right. he's working for the uh, uh, the government. Actually, he's working on the concert decree for Cook County, and he he's a good lawyer, and he's going to see that it's done right. Mm -hmm. You know, my case is not like everybody's case. It's, my no, case it's is very totally rare. different. Mm -hmm. It's totally different from anybody because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, in 1992, I was picked up. 1996, I was found guilty. 1998, I did my appeal myself. I received my mm -hmm. paralegal certificate in 1997. Okay. 1998, I, I, I did my uh, post myself. Mm -hmm. 1999, was shot down. I appealed it. It was put back in court. 2008, they granted me an evidentiary hearing. They never brought me to court. It took them 22 years to hear it. You hear me? 22 years to, to give me my case. justice. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I got the longest-running post-conviction petition, not just in the country, but in the world. Wow. And everybody knows about it. Uh, I filmed, a, I did a show about it, and it's sad that we as humans go through this. Yeah. Nobody should go through what I've been through. No. And like I said, my case is not... Like no other case, that it was intentional prosecutor misconduct. Mm. It wasn't like okay, my fault. I picked them out. I was wrong. No, you you made this witness say it was me. This witness come to testify December the fifth, twenty twenty two, on my behalf to tell the state that they got it wrong. It wasn't me, mm. and she had told everybody that it wasn't me. So as she, they state saw this individual to tell the truth. They immediately dropped my case against me, gave, exonerated me right then and there. That's good. Because the case was not mine, and the state knew it. They fought, fought. Right. Uh, and they and is this case have it ever been, uh, you know, solved? Did anybody else come forward? Well, probably not. But uh, no, not that I know of. And mm -hmm. uh, I would ask one: uh, Do you uh, 
are you trying to find out who did the murder? I said, that's not my job. See, the police, that's they their job. They asked you that? Yes, I was asked that by someone. Oh, and wow. that's not my job. That's the police <laughs> right. job because they got it wrong when they put the case on me. You know, they so knew what So you think they that they probably didn't do their full investigation? Is that why? They didn't do any investigation. They didn't do any investigation. No. They just told the state's attorney just told someone to just say that he the is police, the one. The police beat me. Mm-hmm. The police beat me. State's attorney had the right to say no. It was no. There's no mm-hmm. evidence. There was no evidence. Wasn't no uh, right. uh, residue in my no uh, gunpowder residue. Nothing. nothing. Wasn't no evidence whatsoever. It was a witness that said it wasn't me. Then it was me. Then it wasn't me. Then it was me. Then it wasn't me. That's how I end up in prison. Right. The witness first told the police they did not see a face. This is what they told the beat police that was at the time at, at the scene at that time. They told them that. Twenty-one days later, after this homicide detective got it and coerced these witnesses, now they seen my face. Hmm. At first, they said they didn't see nobody. That yeah. Now, in police <laughs> history, all investigators know is what the first time when a witness says what they go on. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah, you didn't take that in hand. You took it and ran with something else and put this case on me. I guess you figured that I wasn't going to fight. I became Cook County versus Nightmare. Right. So this must happen quite often there in Cook it, County, Chicago. Yeah, well, Cook County got the highest rate of wrongful convictions, but mm-hmm. not just that, Illinois as well. It happened all yes, over Illinois. Yes, the state of Illinois has a very high, uh, you know, reputation for, uh, you wrongful know. Convictions. Wrongful convictions. Yeah, convictions. And that seat you got called the National Zonary Registry. It mm-hmm. takes a lot to get on that list. That's is that's the Oscar. That is the Oscar to us. Right, and you on that list. I'm on that list. I know. And not only <laughs> that, I just came from the National Industry Network Convention in uh, 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 Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. They were there, and out of all these people, I just walked up to the booth just to see what they was doing, mm-hmm. and and. And immediately the guy that's running the booth said, how you like being on the exoneration list? Mm. I said, wow. <laughs> I said, wow. And just seeing mm. my name on a big telecom, my whole picture mm-hmm. of me, and people applauding me, uh, it, it, it really brought back uh, 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 so much in me. And just to see the love from individuals that have mm-hmm. been wrongly convicted in in the, yeah. in, in the world, not just America, in the right. world. Because we got people from Israel, China, and Japan that was there were wrongly convicted. Mm. So this is real. When mm-hmm. people don't think it's real, this is real. Right. And it, it and people don't pay attention to it happened to them. When you were when you were incarcerated, did you have any? I'm, I'm sure you made friends there. Did you have any that were? wrongfully convicted as you were or you know they always say when you're guilty you fight for a very short period when you're innocent you still fight i'm still fighting <laughs> you know and it's a crew right. of us that still fight mm-hmm. when i went down to this innocent uh network conference in mm-hmm. arizona every time i ate i ate with my friends i met in prison did you okay. was wrongly convicted they got exonerated well, that's you know, good. And we talk, we hug, we, we do everything. We mm-hmm. break bread together because this is family. Mm-hmm. We are family for the rest of our life. Bonded by this pain. Being bonded by it. And I got, like I said, once again, I got the best uh, law firm in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bonjean Law Firm. She's Jennifer. It's great. Ashley is great. 
And, and you've been able to refer her to the other wrongfully yes. convicted people? Yes, while I was there, I had a family come awesome. down from Naperville that talked to mm -hmm. uh, one of the attorneys. Okay. Uh, she has the highest turnover rate, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Jennifer had seven exonerees for 2022. She got out seven people. Uh, so that means that Carl they Leonard were. Carl Leonard had about six from Lovey and Lovey. Okay, so they were wrongfully convicted, and yes. these attorneys got their cases overturned. Overturned. Yep, they brought they brought the law, and they they showed them how it's impossible for persons to do that crime with mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. There was no evidence, so we couldn't argue evidence. There was no evidence. It was intentionally. So that would make my case different from everybody else. It was intentionally. Wasn't no evidence. You put this case on me. I was an innocent man. You just picked up off the street and said, give him a murder, take his life, turn his life upside down. Mm -hmm. So with that said, as I live today, I live as a free man, but as still, some people look at me as, as having an X on my back, even though it's not there, because when mm -hmm. I go fill out applications, I got a 28-year absent. Right. I got a 28-year absent. And they ask you if you've been wrongfully convicted of a felon or something yeah, like that. But they can't, you know, uh, United States law saying they can't ask me if I've been convicted of a crime on, unless they're giving me an interview. So if an application mm -hmm. says that, an application needs to be tore up and they need to be reported. Because at the end of the day, you cannot judge an applicant when he's filling out an application. You only can judge him after they go through the process and they get an interview. But you know that question is on every application. Yeah, they have to take it off. They got to take it off. And, and, and you don't have to answer it. If it's on there, you don't even have to answer that. And they know this. Okay. They put it on there so they know people are going to answer. Yeah, I've been convicted. Right. You know? But um, my answer, I tell everybody, I tell my employees just like this. If I get an interview, I tell them, yeah, I've been convicted. You can read about me. I, mm -hmm. I got an X hit on my paperwork that's showing that this case has been abolished. I don't exactly. know. I have right. it on my back. I keep my paperwork with me. I got it laminated so people can see it. It's my Oscar. Right. Uh, you know, so I, 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 I had trouble finding a few jobs, but I do what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I, was, I do speaking engagement. I actually, I'm going to go to Kiwani Correctional Center mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks, I guess. I just got to fill out the paperwork. I'm going to P.O. Juvenile Detention Center. I just spoke at uh, Illinois, uh, Illinois State. I just spoke out there. I just spoke at Chicago State University. I just spoke at Columbia College. That's great. So I, how do you feel to be a free man I from feel, all this stuff? I was free when I was in prison. <laughs> I didn't let, they didn't take, they only caged my, my body, my soul, my spirit was right. always free. Your mind, okay, okay. You know, now what would you say to someone who's listening, our listening audience, and they have felt like they've been wrongfully convicted well, of a crime? Well, this is what I say. If you're wrongly convicted, you're going to fight. Evidence is going to prove. You just got to keep going. But if you know you've done this and you're fighting, saying you're wrongly convicted, then you're playing with yourself. You know, it, it, well, this is serious. This is somebody's life. So if you want to be convicted, fight. Don't give up, fight. You know, I, I wrote a million letters. I wrote the state's attorneys. I wrote the, I, Dick Durbin. I wrote Obama. <laughs> I, I wrote everybody, everybody. And so when my name hit people's desk, they, some people know who I am automatically. So mm -hmm. you got the right. They might call you a bugaboo, but you're you an innocent man doing time for somebody else crying be a bugaboo, but that's what I was, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, it's, I ran through mm -hmm. four typewriters fighting my case. Uh, 
I still, I'm a paralegal as well now. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm a paralegal. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still the voice for the voiceless. Mm -hmm. I still, I'm very uh, uh, involved in uh, the turnaround. I'm very involved in that. I'm very involved in uh, a reentry program. I'm mm -hmm. involved in that. I'm very involved in cure violence. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. everywhere. I try to put my foot in. Mm -hmm. uh, and you turn it, you're making purpose out of your pain. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, and I vowed to myself, that young man that was killed was called 16 shot Laquan McDonald. Your death didn't go in vain. I got you, brother. I'm going to make him pay. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Roosevelt Miles, for joining Mother's War on Violence. And um, we wish you well. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. And before you cut, there was something I know you wanted to know. And you didn't ask me. What was that? What's my mission for Peoria? That's right. That's that's exactly it. <laughs> my mission is to save Peoria. Peoria is in dire need of help. Mm -hmm. It is. And for all these leaders that's out there, y'all need to listen to what I have to say. I'm here to help. I'm sitting in your backyard. Y'all know me. And y'all can get in touch with me anytime, anywhere. Okay. My... Email address is rmfreedom2022 at gmail.com. Get with me. I'm answering. I'm there. And I'm everywhere. Thank you for having me, Ms. Wallace. Thank you so much, Mr. Miles. <laughs>